That's right, everybody. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and taking this journey inside the Black Vault with me. I'm your host, John Greenwald Jr., founder and creator of theblackvault.com, and we are on the eve of the much-anticipated UAP hearing. Now, joining me today, and I'm excited about this interview, is investigative journalist and professor at, uh, at John Hopkins, Matt Laszlo. Matt, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. I know you've been incredibly busy, but thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And the reason why I'm looking forward to this, and I told you this off the air, but I want to tell you on as well, is I have a lot of respect for those that actually get out into the field. They talk to people. They do their own journalism, which is actually pretty rare nowadays, simply because most people, they sit in a chair. I call it copy and paste journalism. They take somebody else's work. They fumble around the words a little bit, and they call it their own. But you're in the field. You are talking to uh, congressmen, senators, talking about the UAP, UAP hearing and beyond. But before we get into that, I want to back up a little bit. It's your first time on the show. Hopefully you'll come back. Uh, but give everybody a little bit of background about your your work and what is it uh, exactly that you cover. So I've been covering Congress now 17 years. been a contributor at Vice, Vice News Tonight, uh, Rolling Stone, Playboy, currently a contributor at Wired Magazine and Raw Story. Uh, so I like to write for the fun ones, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. but then historically, I've covered Congress for a bunch of local NPR stations and um, you know regional outlets. So I'm also a board member of the Regional Reporters Association. Um, yeah, then I've been teaching at Johns Hopkins for since 2016. I teach on uh, history of the media, history of rhetoric, but with an eye towards how politicians rhetoric has kind of adapted with new mediums over time um so yeah i kind of love covering congress because i get to study <laughs> lawmakers and uh all that uh, in real time um but i guess to take a few steps back i come at congress what i say i interview liars for a living um so even though I know Congress, um, I kind of see through them and I think they, many of them kind of know it. Um, so that's where I started this new venture, askapoll.com. And especially knowing, you know, cause I'm a media prop and studying, um, just the gross numbers. Um, what I think trust in the media now, according to Gallup, it's, it's like 50% of Americans don't even distrust the media. They think reporters are actually actively lying to them, which is where I came up with the idea of ask a poll because I want to put the people in the uh, driver's seat. So we call it the people powered press corps. So you all send your questions in, become a part of our community dialogue. And then I take those questions directly to lawmakers, um, which I'm hoping will rid some of you all of the deep-rooted cynicism that's in me <laughs> because I work with the press corps and I can't say many of them have impressed me over the years. Some have, but yeah, I uh, think I've avoided becoming a swamp creature, but always with your help and then with the help of the bands I hang out with. I used to cover entertainment in a past life. Okay. And what? so then with all of that background, what got you to UFOs? So that's where this one at the start of this Congress, remember, um, 
we had all these balloons floating over America. And then after they shot down that Chinese spy balloon, well, within a span of three days, the Air Force shot down three objects. Um, and I guess there's one in Alaska that we still don't know what it is, which I've been pressing Senators Murkowski and Sullivan on um, to see if they were going to request actual video of the, that shoot down from the Pentagon, because I know they've been briefed on it. But so that's where uh, the press corps, me included, you know, started looking into this, uh, but very broadly, just at UAPs. Um, but then uh, David Grush hit like a symbol. And seeing lawmakers react to him, what, especially one of our first interviews was uh, Marco Rubio, the vice chair of uh, the Senate Intelligence Committee. And what he said is, uh, you know, we get a ton of these whistleblowers, you know, and have over the years since he's been here in Washington. But he said this was the first one that was vetted by the inspector general, uh, deemed important and deemed uh, parts of it verifiable or verified. Um, and so seeing Rubio and others reactions to his claims and especially what woke up Congress um, while David Grush claims there's recovered craft that the U.S. government has, um, you know, that one will be able to hopefully either see the craft or not. You know, that one should be fairly easy to verify if we get through all these layers of classification and government secrecy. But the second claim of Grush, that the government had all these SAPs or special access programs that it kept hidden from Congress, well, that, me as a congressional junkie, that made my ears stand up. And I knew that was something that I could take to every single lawmaker and say, hey, this whistleblower who the inspector general vetted and says and threw on Congress's lap, he says that the federal government's lying to you, you know, about these SAPs. And so many lawmakers still haven't looked into David Grush. Um, but I'm still confronting all of them with that claim. Uh, you know, so part of it's coming from that congressional institutionalist angle. Um, and knowing that this Congress, like the past Congress and the one before it, Congress these days just cedes most all of their power to the executive branch. And again, professor and a congressional junkie. And so this issue, for one, like what? A year, two years ago, even like predating the first congressional hearing, 50 years on this. Even after that hearing, if you would ask lawmakers about UFOs or UAPs, you know, they'd laugh at you. You know, they'd make a joke out of it. Not so in this Congress. And so there's this interesting window that opened. And yeah, I was there and I had askapoll.com lined up. So especially once I did a Wired magazine piece on, um, you know, kind of putting Grush in what we call a conspiratorial Congress. You know, some people, you know, the conspiracies in this Congress run the gamut. Who would we see testify last week in the House? RFK Jr., um, et cetera. And so after that, uh, you know, I got a lot of pushback from the UFO community because the piece was a little more snarky, but that's because it was 
you know, putting a mirror up to this Congress mm -hmm. and kind of asking the question, will this Congress be taken seriously, even if they do uncover craft or something like that? And so, yeah, I've got a front row seat and seeing you all, uh, your energy, your knowledge saying, hey, ask these questions. You didn't ask this. But then also seeing the reaction to, you know, Laszlo's snark aside, people mm -hmm. were like, I think I interviewed six or eight lawmakers, usually for a feature, I'll interview 15 to 20 lawmakers, only eight or 10 make the piece. Um, sometimes that's been 50 uh, senators every once in a while. And so, yeah, seeing the energy from the community and seeing some members of Congress really take it seriously, but others just brush it off. That just left me with more questions. Before we get into the specifics of exactly who you spoke with, you mentioned a couple already, but what do you think has changed from this Congress to those past? You mentioned David Grush. Is it all hinging on that one whistleblower? Or obviously the UFO conversation has really went into overdrive in the last five and a half years or so. What, what do you feel has changed that put this kind of on the docket, so to speak? Well, there's this interesting notion of whether lawmakers are supposed to lead their constituents or whether they're supposed to be led by their constituents. And it's, you know, kind of both and. But so this one, lawmakers do tend to be uh, way behind on many issues from their constituents. But I think the polls are now like 65% or so of Americans are now, um, I forget the exact language, but they believe that there's life out there beyond yeah. us. And I think part of that stems from, you know, us being in this new technological era with smartphones or seeing a lot more things that aren't easily explained away. Um, and so, yeah, Congress in the last one started looking into this. And I'm curious, and I want to go circle back with those lawmakers, but I'm curious if that was because of increased pressure from their constituents. Um, but you definitely have more lawmakers in this Congress who are uh, open to the idea of extraterrestrial um, things out there. And it... And then even you couple that with what we're seeing right now come in from the James Webb Space Telescope. And so like our very limited, finite understanding of things just got a lot bigger, if mm -hmm. still very limited. And, you know, every week, it seems we're learning new things about the solar system from uh, the James Webb Space Telescope. So as our smartphones are collecting more here on Earth, James Webb is collecting more out there in the nether reaches. And I think it's kind of this perfect combo. Um, well, and then you throw Grush into the mix, boom, that's the perfect combo. Or that's three, so not a combo. <laughs> perfect trio. So those that you've talked to, I know that you've talked to uh, Congressman Tim Burchett of Tennessee. Let's, yep. let's start there, because he's leading the charge with this hearing tomorrow, and arguably he is the absolute most vocal about a conspiracy and cover-up uh, months ago i was surprised to see him retweet one of my uh, uh tweets about ufos now it's becoming a little bit more common for him to do that uh but just straight out calling it a cover-up i was surprised by that because it's not every day where a sitting congress uh, congressman or congresswoman 
tweet stuff like that. And, and again, now it's becoming more frequent. So let's start with him. What has your experience been with him? And as somebody who's covered Congress for so long, uh, what are you, what is your reaction to his feelings about UAP and the importance of this this cover up that he wants to highlight? Burchett's this super interesting guy. Um, if you listen to some of the audio that we posted, we posted, I think, maybe two interviews with him on askapoll.com. And in the middle of the interview, you know, he'll stop three, four times because all these lawmakers, Republicans and Democrats, are stopping him to say hello. Uh, in the last one, I think it was um, Congressman Jesse Jackson, who I didn't even know was a congressman. I'm from Illinois. But it's Reverend, Reverend Jeff, Jesse Jackson's son. Burchett's a Republican from Tennessee. And so to hear Jackson like stopped him and Burchett said, hey, thank you so much for checking on me when I was sick. And then said, hey, when you're down, uh, you better come down to the South. I want to treat you to some good old Southern barbecue. I was just like, what? Uh, you just don't see that kind of um, bipartisanship in this Congress. And I think a big part of that is just the jovial, genteel nature of Burchett. You know, he's always cracking jokes. Um, he's got this light side to him that is really appreciated in the building where, you know, where historically there was a caning in the building. Now there's, you know, digital death threats flying uh, between the parties. And so he stands out for that. Um, let alone with his thoughts on UAPs and UFOs. And so it's interesting now to see, you know, as the hearing day approaches and last week after their big press conference, you know, you started hearing uh, a lot more of the mainstream reporters hop on the issue, um, kind of looking for um, looking for something to embarrass them with. I forget the questions they were asking, but one reporter was, well, I think they were just asking straight up, you know, about aliens or whatever, and not asking about David Grush, you know, and you can kind of tell, um, I'm curious about Grush and what he knows when, I hate the term gotcha journalism or whatever, but the questions felt leading in a dishonest way. And so it's going to be interesting to see Albert Chat and Congresswoman Anna Paulina Luna, how they handle this. There's also a couple Democrats who were uh, going to be at the hearing who are, you know, fully on board with this. And so it's, it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, the interview I, we dropped last night on Ask a Poll was with uh, Oversight Chair James Comer. And I can't tell, like he told me, yeah, I haven't even looked into David Grush's claims at all. And he, so I can't tell if he's trying to wash his hands of this and say, hey, this is all on Burchett and Luna. Um, or if he thinks there's a there there, you can tell that, you know, Burchett complained last week about different staffers from the intelligence community. Uh, whether that staffers in Congress from the Intel Committee, I don't know, but he was complaining that there's just been all this pressure um, on this hearing and that people were getting cold feet. And so when the 
lights click on tomorrow with you know the media from around the globe um in attendance it'll it'll be interesting to see for one the case for chat and luna make and that the witnesses obviously make um and it's going to be interesting to see how the media responds to that now it seems like the dynamics here like with many dynamics in congress are that the senate investigations are currently a little more trusted um even what comer himself told me because you know i asked him about uh these charges that you know like oh these far-right freedom caucus people are running this hearing uh you know they're loonies dot 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 comer's like hey chuck schumer just moved a uh, uap bill so even comer himself was saying hey uh it's not just us it's not just the fringe right members um and so burchett let's just take it back to him he's interesting because he's not i wouldn't say he's intellectually respected or maybe ideologically respected uh by the other side of the aisle you know this is a hyper hyper partisan congress um but collegially you know they love him and so there is an innate trust they have with him because he's been genuine you know and so it'll be really interesting to see how he threads that needle um and this does make me want to talk to him i'm talking to him later today before we uh go live tonight with uh dropping some more of our exclusive interviews i'm now curious how burchette first uh got into this issue you know with uh congresswoman lena or luna she was air force you know mm-hmm. and so i haven't talked to her about how she got into it but you know you can see what a lot of the videos coming out or the newer ones that the government's been releasing even in the last hearing a couple of years ago well that's air force footage and so yeah thanks for the question for mr burchett i'll circle back once he answers it yeah no and i'm glad you did maybe i'll throw this out to you if it sparks another question uh, because i posted this on social media but i want to bring it up to you i very much am looking forward to the hearing tomorrow i want to see what's going on and we'll talk about whether or not they made the right decisions in your mind on on the witnesses that they did cho- uh, did choose. Um, but that being said, the pushback, the, the ramp up to this, especially in the last week, has been fascinating for somebody like me to watch because I've been in, in, in and around this field for a long time. I deal with all government secrets, but UFOs has always had kind of a special place in my heart uh, just for a personal fascination reason. No experience of my own, but it's, it's, it's just a curiosity. And the ramp up to this has seen Burchett have these pushbacks from NASA when he said NASA backed out of tomorrow's hearing. And then NASA, to my surprise, which I don't see often anyway with this topic, responded to a friend of mine, Dan Warren. So props to him who posed the question, why did you back out? And, and NASA completely said, no, we didn't. Uh, that I think it was uh, David Spurgle who was invited but declined, which is kind of understandable if they don't want to get entwined with the, the whistleblower talk. I mean, I can understand that from, from their perspective. They're also not dealing with classified uh, information much in NASA anyway, so it's 
to me it's a a faulty scientific study anyway but that's a different show um but pushback from nasa and then pushback from eglin uh to where eglin put out the statement that said well they're just not cleared to to, to hear the information so when you hear burchett and and congresswoman luna say we were denied access and got in a fight with the general that base fires back and says hey wait a minute you guys aren't even cleared so i'm not saying who's right or wrong all i'm saying is it's so fascinating to see play out and i want to know what the congressmen and congresswomen are are essentially going to do with that because that's challenging their credibility in an open forum what are your thoughts on that what are your thoughts on the pushback you think it's all just part of the cover-up do you think it's political grandstanding is it both this is the curious one and it's you know so i'm a congressional reporter you know i go to the white house a couple times a year but it's a waste of my time i'm a man of the people uh or something like that you know i like uh the access we get in congress and i know the institution and that's where a reporter like me is gonna naturally have to rely on reporting from you know people at the pentagon who are sourced there people who are sourced at nasa and because right now, I guess I don't have a good answer to that because I do not see, you know, in my 17 years, I can't remember an agency like NASA really stepping in it, you know, and calling a congressman a liar um, publicly like that. So even I did a triple take last week and I'm still in the midst of that triple take it and especially with NASA coming out so strong there well now does Perchette or Luna say hey we want a follow-up hearing um because it seems like you guys want to talk you know and now maybe they don't have much to say maybe they do um and so that's that one was curious to me um seeing like when Burchett told me last week that the staffers uh were getting more involved and that they were you know you started to hear more of the uh whisper campaigns you know trying to uh discredit um the investigation in the house not so much discrediting the lawmakers but you'll probably hear it more with well no they'll be couched in the terms of any of these two freedom caucus folks whereas these issues don't really have much to do with that. You know, Freedom Caucus is supposed to be focused on fiscal issues and stuff like that. Um, and then seeing some of those other Democrats up there and including uh, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, she's been really pushing forward with the investigation in the Senate and same with Rubio over there. And so this one doesn't cut across those normal political lines, mm -hmm. but in the lead up to this hearing, it kind of, in the past week, it's felt like it's the normal partisanship, you know, Biden administration, you know, poo-pooing anything coming from these two uh, fringe right uh, lawmakers. When you take a step back and in reality, no, it's not two fringe lawmakers. A lot of lawmakers in this Congress have a lot of questions and the Pentagon and NASA had not been forthcoming with them in the past, um, at least in a satisfactory way to many lawmakers. So I get the pushback from those agencies, but show us your cards. 
Yeah, and and this is uh, we can move on from from Burchett after this, but but one last kind of thing when when he's coming out with these very bold claims and and I uh, posted myself. I mean, I've followed the Air Force's connection to this literally for 26, 27 years now, uh, just drilling in through FOIA, especially with that military branch, what I consider this massive cover up about the topic. But at the top of the show, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember your exact quote, you said that you had that you essentially interview professional liars. Uh, that's yeah. how you, you said it, right? So with that said, how, as a journalist, what's that? I say I interview liars for a living. Liars for a living. So with that being said, from a from a journalist standpoint and, and your experience, you look at these uh, essentially warring factions at this point. You know, it's a war of the words, but but they're they're butting heads like this in a public forum on Twitter uh, for the most part. How do you know really who to believe? Do you push the military branch to show their cards? Do you push the politicians to maybe step up a little bit more and say, hey, look, NASA fired back at you. Show us how they backed out. Did they confirm and then say, ah, you know what, never mind, or, or did somebody intervene? Um, the one that I'm stuck on is, is Burchett's claim about the Pentagon giving pushback on witnesses that, and correct me if I'm wrong, I took away from that, that he had other people that he wanted to appear, the Pentagon pushed back, they, they essentially lost those one or two or however many people, but have Graves, Fravor, and Grush at this point. So again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm most intrigued by that. Who do you, as a journalist, push back on the hardest to try and show their cards and, and kind of prove what's being said? All of them. <laughs> okay. Because whether it's the agencies who are, you know, they're, they have their fiefdoms and mm -hmm. they want more money and they want to protect. Uh, what? Because it's power play, you know, even there, we're seeing this with classified information, you know, whoever has most secrets or whatever, you know, there's power that comes with that. Um, this one's interesting because I don't, you know, the interview we put out last night with Comer, he kind of, again, washed his hands of it and said, oh, I think Burchett's now gotten everyone he wanted. When, like a month ago, Comer told me that two witnesses who Burchett wanted didn't pass his committee's, um, you know, more political background check. And so I'm still a little confused on this one as to whether Burchett has everyone he wants, because um, it doesn't seem like he does. But then you have Chair Comer saying, you know, head of the whole oversight committee saying, yeah, you know, we gave him everyone he wanted. Um, it, one interesting thing when I was first getting into this just like a month ago, I heard Burchett on um, Steve Bannon's The War Room talking about, oh, and what he said then, stood out to me because he said his feeling was that him and Luna only have one shot on this. And so he made it seem like at least initially they were just granted one hearing on this. And so that's, you know, all your marbles. Um, we'll see how tomorrow goes because just knowing how the public um, is hungry for answers um, and even what uh, playing this tonight on our um, live listening session, but 
Adam Schiff, you know, he got booted off the Senate or pardon me, got booted off the House Intelligence Committee. But so he hasn't really been able to look into Grush, but he's still got big questions um, about these phenomena. And, you know, he was just the head of the House Intelligence Committee. So the fact that he's curious, he had all this classified information, but still has questions and not answers, that makes me think that Pentagon and people in those communities aren't being forthcoming now, whether that's a national security claim or whatever, or whether it's actually them uh, covering this stuff up and keeping it secret from Congress. It seems like this Congress is really set on putting a period, putting a fine point on that debate so that at least by the end of this, we'll know it seems we'll know where the secrets are and hopefully they'll be public by then you know because it seems like right now in congress there's a couple of different full court presses going on um senate side house side but then also intelligence committee and armed services committees um exploring it and so intelligence committee is going to be different than armed services committee Armed services is more focused on war and, you know, the Pentagon and the machinery of war, all that stuff. And so the Intelligence Committee, they have, you know, broader portfolio. They also know a lot more secrets um, and are also held to a higher standard. Mm -hmm. They know a lot of stuff that they're not allowed to tell us. And so that's, again, why Senator Gillibrand is an interesting one to watch because, She's on both the Armed Services Committee and the Senate Intelligence Committee. So she's kind of got a foot in both worlds. Did it surprise you at all that, and you mentioned Comer, he kind of washed his hands of it, that these lawmakers don't have more of a clue? I know some of them do and follow it pretty closely. But when you talk about the claims of David Grush, you are talking about humanity-altering, world-changing information that would have an impact not only on our knowledge about our place in the universe, but so much more. I mean, the implications are absolutely staggering. So does it surprise you that more aren't leading the charge? Yes and no. Um, It's rare that you see, you know, lawmakers kind of have their fiefdoms, you know, some might be a tax long so they're going to be on the ways and means committee you know if you're a farmer boom you serve on the agriculture committee uh, you have a lot of and it kind of annoys us in the press corps because you have a lot of lawmakers who it almost feels like they put blinders on mm-hmm. just so they don't have to talk to us you know whether it's about what former president trump is doing over here or, you know, whether it's what Hunter Biden's doing over here, you know, so they, some lawmakers really stay in their lanes. But again, that's why this issue stood out to me because, hey, uh, I think it's Rubio who says, you know, either he's got, either Grush was given bad information or, pardon my French, but wake the fuck up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like these are seismic claims. 
and the fact that the inspector general vetted them, sent them to Congress, um, that puts them at another level where, yeah, maybe it has surprised me a little bit to see, I mean, because I think you were going to talk about it, but Congress is about to be gone after this week for the whole month of August. So one thing I've been doing is trying to interview every United States senator on mm -hmm. uh, UAPs, UFOs, and David Grush in particular. So I've now talked to over 60% of senators, and the vast majority of them seem totally unaware. It seems like I'm kind of the first person to mention it to them, or they had heard about it but hadn't really looked into it. Um, now the people, hopefully by the end of this week, I'll have... Well, hopefully I'll have all the senators, but I only have two members left on the Senate Intelligence Committee still to interview. Um, looking for you, Michael Bennett and Diane Feinstein, but a solid band. Two wheel. huge fans of this show, so you're in you're you're good shouting right? out that. <laughs> well, and so I'm curious because some members on the Senate Intelligence Committee, who was it? Um, one kind of quipped, but he's like. Well, if I knew that, I couldn't tell you. Could have been Tillis or one of them. But mm. so it's it's interesting. And with some of the Senate Intel members, you kind of get the feeling that they know some things that they're not allowed to tell us. Um, so I'm curious if pressure builds on them, on the broader intelligence community, where, you know, if pressure builds on Congress from the public, uh, Congress is going to keep demanding more and more answers. Um, and so there might be things that are classified now that may become unclassified in the near mm -hmm. future. I, I'm, I'm curious how this one plays out um, because even though you have many lawmakers playing ostrich, you know, tossing their head in the sand, um, you've got some of the most powerful lawmakers, uh, especially in the Senate. Uh, investigating this and so we'll we'll see there's definitely a clash going on here uh, yeah. between the intel community and your congress going backwards i think you said it was a comer interview where he said that they kind of had one shot was that comer that said that uh burchett said it to steve bannon but it, he made it seem like that was coming from Comer gotcha. slash coming from Speaker McCarthy. So they, gotcha. So they have like one shot to kind of prove this if they're going to devote more time in the future with that's that. What, and that's for this Congress. And mm -hmm. again, that's where like if they hit a home run or you know get a triple tomorrow, we might see another one, um, mm -hmm. especially looking at those poll numbers. 65% of the American people have well I think they have an answer but you mm -hmm. know they, they want to know more on this now i i want to say real quick just to make sure that those on the audio version of this know uh you've said your website a few times i've flashed it on screen for those watching on youtube but it's askapoll.com that's spelled a-s-k-a-p-o-l.com so make sure you've got the one l in there and there's uh, tons of of articles here uh, to read. And the one thing I haven't mentioned is a lot of these are exclusive just to your reporting. You're not parroting from the the other news agencies. You are the one getting these recordings. You're putting them online. So again, kudos to you for that. 
So back to the witnesses for tomorrow, if it is that one shot, do you feel with everything that you've done and, and, and writing the articles that are on your website and so many exclusives, you're obviously doing your homework. Is this a setup for a potential home run? Or do you feel there should have been other people in the hot seat, even those currently in government, that may have given them more of that home run versus a base hit? And this is where this one's interesting. And I'm a journalist in 2023. My thoughts don't matter. <laughs> if anything, I get in the way. Um, but this one's super curious because, again, you have the Senate and the House investigations. Not quite. I mean, they're going in tandem, but not together or no they're going parallel but not in tandem and so it seems like the house their investigation is much broader and congresswoman luna she tells me that you know she hopes this hearing uh presents to the american people proof that there is life out there uh beyond earth now you wouldn't hear any senators say that you might have some senators kind of thinking that. Um, and so it's interesting that the House, their case is going to be broader. It, seem, it seems like they're going to give a little more history into um, past government programs, uh, exploring UFOs and whatnot. Um, and some people are asking us at Ask a Poll, like, hey, oh, just Burchett and them, do they have any um, plan to uh, subpoena the people who corroborate David Grush, the whistleblower's story? Well, Senator Gillibrand and the Intelligence Committee in the Senate, uh, her investigation would actually go through the Armed Services Committee, where she's uh, the chairwoman of one of the subcommittees overseeing this. Well, she said, told me that she wants to hear Grush and the other people named in that first story by the debrief where Grush came out. That one will be interesting. And that's actually my question for Gillibrand tonight or this week. I'm curious if she's got a plan for a hearing and if she still wants to um, have Grush and the other people mentioned in that article that seemed to corroborate his story. Now, it seems like what we have in the House tomorrow is Grush and not so much people corroborating his story, but corroborating the broader mm -hmm. story, you know? And so that's where I think having a divided Congress is great. Um, yeah, and, and having... I, I can agree with that. Um, just to clarify with the, the, the those named in the debrief article, is she going for the ones that were truly feeding Grush the information or there were two that were mentioned in the debrief article. One was anonymous, uh, but went through uh, or was listed with a pseudonym. I think that was Jonathan Gray, but that was that was a false name. And then the other one, I think the last name was Nell. I forget the, the first name. But that being said, was she talking about them or was she talking about truly getting to the root of where Grush heard about the, the non-human craft and the non human dead pilots that he referenced 
the way I read it, and again, I'll circle back with her because mm -hmm. that's a great question. The way I read it was she wanted those people immediately tied to Grush and mentioned in the article uh, or who spoke in the article and corroborated his story. Um, but then, you know, if Congress does its job, you know, you keep pulling threads. And so I think the way I understood it was, hey, once we get him, you know, if we don't see anything and, you know, and we get verifiable, good testimony from these folks, then, hey, we want to keep going. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I could see it <clears throat> broadening out. But I think Gillibrand and them want to start with, you know, you start small with what you can prove and then slowly build your case and work, work your way out from there. But I'm not a senator. And so there's a yeah. lot of this stuff that I'm not privy to. No, no, and I, and I appreciate your 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 expertise and feedback on it because we're all kind of learning together about how this is playing out. And the one thing that concerns me is something actually that that you that you really just briefly touched on. But as they they start small and they kind of you know branch out more and more, what worries me is that there are term limits to these senators and politicians. Both term limits as max as they can go, but also they may get voted out. With that being said, what my worry is, is this takes forever <laughs> with anything government related takes forever. But with with politicians, you know, they want to do these hearings and then six months, a year, year and a half later, they'll do another one. It worries me that the people that really are the driving force here, they could be gone by that. And you lose that 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 motivation to do this. So how much, if any, how much does that uh, uh, impact all this? I hear that a hundred percent and this is where I'm constantly playing devil's advocate, but one counter to that could be, Hey, Harry Reid's been gone from the Senate for a long time. But what we saw last week with Schumer, Gillibrand, uh, young and rounds and you know, that sixth group, well, they pushed through and got included in the, uh, national defense authorization act or NDAA. They got included in that, um, a measure that Harry Reid, you know, very much uh, close to his heart, you know, a bill demanding um, basically full transparency, it seems, on UAPs, uh, their chosen term. And so that's where, oh, and Chuck Schumer, the majority leader, his office told me that, you know, the inspiration for that measure wasn't David Grush. The inspiration for that was Harry Reid you know, and his legacy. And so that's where sometimes you do see members pass the baton. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's within their delegation, but honestly, I haven't seen, yeah, Jackie Rosen, she, uh, the Senator, one of the senators from Nevada and then Catherine, uh, Cortez Masto, neither of them were really too familiar with Grush Rosen at the end of our interview or later that day, she found me and she goes, well, now that you alerted me to this Grush guy, she goes, I'm going to have some interesting reading tonight when I get home. And so that's where sometimes you see that baton passed within a delegation or, you know, if a Democrat passes the seat to a Democrat or vice versa, Republican to a Republican. But then also you see it just not within state delegations. Sometimes there's someone else in Congress who maybe wanted to be at the forefront of the issue, but maybe right now they're a freshman lawmaker. 
and they're kind of waiting to see what happens in tomorrow's hearing. And so that's where I hear you and you, yeah, you raise a good point on why to be a little pessimistic because the people who are out in front of this issue are louder and seem more knowledgeable than we've seen in the past. Uh, but then maybe there's a little hope for optimism that uh, they can share that wealth for lack of a better term. I the the one thing that I wanted to ask you just again because you're on the ground there. The last UAP hearing uh, with the, the the Senate and and Kirsten Gillibrand was obviously there the whole time. There was one other senator, a third had shown up, asked a question, then left. I was really let down at what appeared to be to the general public a lack of interest. Um, there was rumors, but I, I mean we can't confirm it. At least the general public can't at this point that more people showed up to the classified briefing that happened right prior. And that's, that's fire the classified hearing and, and that's fine. But if they truly are the voice of the people, I would hope that they would want to show up at the public hearing, get as much information for, for their constituents as, as possible. So with that said, what are, what's the rumblings on who's going to show tomorrow? Like, I, I mean, are a lot of people telling you that should be showing up are going to show up? Have you, have you even explored that at all? haven't totally explored it, but the house tends to be different. And even for tomorrow, it sounds like I confirmed, you know, the chair, James Comer, told me that he plans to be there because he wants to learn about the issue. Um, and Comer gave them the huge, massive oversight hearing room, even though it's a subcommittee <clears throat> investigating this, they're getting the big hearing room, which makes me think you know, especially with all the cameras that are going to be there and all the media from across the U.S., but then across the globe, you would think that uh, many members would want to come for that. But also that's just kind of the nature of the House and how they work. The Senate, they just historically, and even today, yeah, they tend to respond less quickly to what uh, the people are thinking. You know, part of that's the way the founders intended it, giving them six year terms, um, which, you know, one could argue, oh, they're becoming experts on the issues under their purview, which would help for this issue with some of those folks on these committees. But I'm curious if you didn't hold that same hearing today, if you wouldn't have a fuller or at least more people come and sit on that dais. Um, because remember, just two years ago, this was so novel and new, hadn't been done in 50 years. And so, yeah, most news outlets were leading with, you know, not funny X-File jokes, you know, jokes that they thought were funny that no one else did. And so that's where, um, you're starting to see the issue taken more seriously in Congress, but then also outside of it. Um, and I am kind of intrigued on how, um, you know, what the headlines are after tomorrow's hearing. And I think that could have a pretty big impact on what the Senate does or how many people would show up to publicly attach their name to this. Yeah. Um, and we'll see. I think that's one that only time will tell. And I think, you know, even though 
the media, the press corps isn't going to be up on the dais. I think we play a pretty big role in this. And I think thus far we've largely done a disservice. It, this may be a real dumb question. I just don't know the answer. Uh, is there a list or is it publicized on what media outlets are approved to attend? Because there is an approval process, right? Not really. Like, so technically I have my own bureau, the Laszlo Congressional Bureau or LCB. Mm -hmm. um, so I just emailed and asked to RSVP. Mm -hmm. Let me check. Suspicious package. Oh, all clear. Um, so yeah, I haven't heard back from them yet, but glad that suspicious package is cleaned up. <laughs> uh, and so we'll see. Even like my usual thing, I don't even want to be inside the hearing room. I'll like listen to it, but then I'm I sorry. Did you say you do want to be or don't want to be? I don't want to be. I stand in the hallway listening to it on C-SPAN, and then when lawmakers leave. That's when I ask them one-on-one -on -one questions as follow-ups to their questions for the witnesses. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing for 17 years. And you just made the UFO community happy that's camping out as we speak outside of the room, hoping to get a seat because there's a lot of rumors that they're not even going to get a seat. But um, So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised to hear that you stay out in the hallway, but now I totally understand why. So, so we don't I, know... I, I'll pop in and I'll take some notes because I'm a feature writer. So I always take notes like what color ties folks are wearing. You know, mm -hmm. I'll get a picture when the witnesses come in and then kind of get a picture of the media frenzy and mm -hmm. get a sense of it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sitting in a seat. I'm neutered, for lack of a yeah. better term. You know, I got my microphone. I want to use that. No, I, that's that's seriously commendable. That's that's awesome. That's awesome to hear. Um, with C-SPAN, C-SPAN makes it happen because then I can hear them. Yeah, yeah. And and for those who don't know, if you don't uh, watch C-SPAN, they're also broadcasting it. I'm going to put it in the show notes link below. Uh, not only will Matt's website be in there and some of the articles that we've touched on, there's tons of stuff, though. Please go check out his website, Ask a Poll. Dot com. You can see it on your screen there. If you're listening to the audio, it's A-S-K-A-P-O-L dot com. And uh, again, check out all of his exclusives because he really has been killing it lately. So I, I'm going to this will probably be one of the last questions here as we round third on the interview. And I, and I want you back in the field rather than talking to me because it's an important day uh, tomorrow. Obviously, we're on the eve of it. So get as much as you can out there. But. I think Matt, the journalist, probably wouldn't want to answer this. But Matt, my friend now, what do you expect tomorrow? What, what's your prediction on when you're listening on C-SPAN in the hallway? What do you think is going to happen during the hearing? And what do you think the immediate reaction is going to be to the general public? I, and this even includes Professor Laszlo, I gave up on all predictions when Donald Trump won the GOP primary in 2016. Yeah. yeah, that changed everybody's like, well, point of view. <laughs> I, I come from a family of conservatives, and I'm like, well, I got that one wrong. And so yeah. we'll see. I am definitely expecting a lot of snark from some members of the media. We're already starting to see that uh, on the Twitters or X's or whatever we're calling it these days. Yeah, I don't know. You know social media, we're starting to see that. Um, but I definitely expect... Luna and Burchett to come out 
very prepared to make uh, a definitive argument. Now, we'll see if they can back it up. <clears throat> and the question for that is, how much are they allowed to back it up? You know, because yeah. we hear about the briefing they got that they had to demand down in Florida, where, <clears throat> you know, Matt Gates and them, they say, you know, and Luna and Burchett, they say they saw uh, videos or whatever of craft that could not be human, according to their knowledge. <clears throat> I'm so curious, are we the American people going to be allowed to see any new footage or anything like that? Or are they going to be hampered in how much of the case they can actually bring to the American people? You know, and so with that, I just don't know. They're going to definitely push the envelope in in is they're going to want to release as much as they can now yeah. the game might be rigged from uh the get-go so we'll see yeah, and I, even no just to add to that i mean my two cents it's if it's even worth that i wouldn't expect any type of visuals whatsoever because sadly congress is not a release authority you need somebody like a kirkpatrick or somebody in there that can spearhead that that release authority movement to get a new video out there but true yeah, but this is 2023 That's and true. <laughs> the congress doesn't have a hearing without a visual aid of some kind so yeah yeah we, fair enough maybe they'll replay the old videos we'll see but even this week you know clicking around there's a lot of footage out there that i don't think the american public has seen you know we might have seen it uh some of it in the last hearing mm -hmm. we might personally you me and others in ufo twitter community we might have seen it but that's where i'm curious how much the actual american public have seen on this and so who knows pop your popcorn if you got it yeah no that's exactly <laughs> right and and the um i know i said last question but if i can just throw in uh one more do you have you heard rumblings that and, and before i ask this we haven't really talked about it and i want to stress the importance of the two witnesses we keep talking about grush uh but obviously yeah. ryan graves and david fravor both important voices in this um i, I don't have anything bad about this uh, bad to say about their testimony uh, i think it's great to get it on the record i don't expect anything new from them only because they have done their rounds of media interviews and so on and so forth. But I want to make sure that I add that into the show because we haven't really touched on them at all. Their voice is in incredibly important. See, I'm a reporter. So mm -hmm. quick question to you. Sure. Are you, did it surprise you to see those two witnesses alongside Grush? Or? It did. Yeah. Why, Why is that? So, uh, and, and again, this is, it has to be prefaced with their voices are incredibly important. Yeah. However, for those who have paid attention and even just a small amount of attention, uh, both individuals have done their rounds on media interviews. I don't think there's really any reason to doubt them. Uh, I don't think that there's any reason that they have to be under oath, uh, but rather maybe s submitted statements to support what I felt should be a, a more of a bigger hearing uh, grush. I, I don't have a, a big... Uh, what's the right word I'm looking for? Like, like, um, a big problem with, I don't know if that's the right way to, to, to say it. Uh, not that yeah. I have a problem with the other two, but we've heard it. And, and I think that if they are going for the home run, I would have yeah. loved to have seen, um, uh, you know, again, grush, 
but bring in somebody else that's supporting him that 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 told him the information and and let me just quickly say why the dopser review process of of grush who approved the at least we're led to believe this approved him speaking about dead non-human pilots about non-human craft and everything that he says we are led to believe that he cleared it with Dobster, that's not an endorsement, but rather that there's no classified information there. So then bring somebody in who had that firsthand, you know, I saw that that non-human dead body, or I work next door to it, whatever the story is, and I'm not trying to make light of it, but like whatever, fill in the blank, that's who I would have liked to have seen. So again, not taking away from David Fravor or Ryan Graves, they're awesome individuals. I'm glad that their voices and, and face are out there, and they need to be. But I think with a hearing like this, and you nailed it, that, that this is, or what you heard anyway, so wherever the, the true source of this should be a home run, that nails that. And, and I, I feel that this issue deserves at that home run, the, the grand slam. And it's not that those two individuals won't give it. It's just they won't give anything new. And I'll close the thought with this. A lot of the rebuttal that I keep seeing to that, because I have voiced that opinion here in the last week or so, yeah. the, the rebuttal is we have to start somewhere. We have to, we have to build a base and branch out from that. And my, my response to that, uh, if I may, is that we have been there. We have built the foundation now for a couple of years. It started in 2021 with the UAP report. We know pilots are seeing them in military training exercises and military operation areas. That information, that foundation is there. No one can can refute that. So it's great that Ryan Graves and, and David Fravor are there and their voice is in the mix. Don't get me wrong. But we're yeah. reinforcing something that we already established in 2021. We need to take that next step hit those people that Grush was talking to, hit even Grush under oath with a few more pointed questions and and go from there. But that's what I'd like to see, not to go off on a tangent. This is about you, Matt. I'm not me. Uh, well, but no, that's, that. that's my reaction. And this is where, to take it back to maybe question four of yours, but this is where, or maybe it was six, but it'll be interesting because, again, we have the Senate side. And so I'm curious, and I'm going to ask for chat now, I'm curious what their calculation was and whether they were thinking, oh, hey, let's paint the broader picture, have Grush there. And then when the Senate has their hearing, you know, they'll connect the dots more. But especially with Luna, um, what she was telling me made it seem like she really wanted to get the American people more up to speed on some of these conversations that, you know, were probably settled and UFO Twitter, for lack mm -hmm. of a better term. And so, who knows? Uh, a lot of times we think all these steps for lawmakers, mm -hmm. and then it turns out like, nope, this is just what they did. You know, these are the people who did red time. Yeah. So, we'll and see. You could, you could absolutely be right that they're trying to lay the foundation and inf inform the American people. I think maybe I'm in the, not to say it's the right or wrong mindset, but more in the mindset that, They've had they meaning the American people have had their chance to pay attention to the 25,000 news articles and and uh, news broadcasts and, uh, you know, uh, go, going a little bit broader with the podcasts and, and stuff like that. But I mean, mainstream media has covered this a lot. 
for me, I'm in that mindset that, hey, if you're not paying attention yet, then you're probably just not paying attention. You know, let's move on for those that have paid attention, because if there is something to Grush's claims, if there's something to that, let's not give the foundation yet again about pilots seeing this. That foundation is laid. Let's drive this home. And that's that's where I'm at. Um, we can only hope. Because Grush, for lack of a better term, is the shiny object of the day because he's the shiny freaking object. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think they have a lot to deal with just with him and his claims. But, hey, I'm not a member of Congress because I don't want to be for one, but also I don't think I could ever get enough people to vote for me. So... I got no dog in this fight. Just a well, I bet, I bet there's at least one or two watching this video that absolutely would vote for you. So uh, joking aside, though, I, my sincere compliments for your journalism, for going out there, for getting the story, for not sitting at your desk and just kind of writing whatever. Uh, so much respect for that, man. I, I really do appreciate your angle and you pushing for answers, but obviously your time today. So thank you for that. Clocking about seven miles a day chasing these lawmakers. <clears throat> they're only in like three days this week and then they're gone all okay. next month. So they're pulling the heavy work week again, huh? Doing about like 50, 60 interviews a day on this topic and then others as well. Oh, and all those interviews with the senators, they're going to slowly, or at a certain point, it'll be a waterfall, but they're going to start dropping very regularly once Congress leaves for the month of, month of August. So Stay tuned. Your lawmaker should be on the list. Askapoll.com is the website. Matt Laszlo is the investigative journalist and professor extraordinaire. I want to make sure that we plug this tonight. If you are watching the premiere of this on the Black Vaults channel, make sure that shortly after on uh, Matt's Discord, correct? So you can get more information on this on his website, but on your Discord channel, uh, give everybody a rundown so they will come from this interview to you over there. What are you going to be doing? Yeah, we're going to be, we're calling them listening sessions. But again, because I have all these uh, raw interviews, you know, raw exclusive interviews with so many members of Congress. Um, it's easier because I have a day job writing for a handful of uh, magazines and whatnot. I'm like, oh, it's easier in real time just to play uh, some of the new audio live for you all. And so Congressman Tim Burchett has promised me an exclusive today. It's either going to happen at tonight's House vote at 6.30 um, or he'll give me a call. So we're going to have fresh stuff from him answering some of these questions. And then also going to play some fresh uh, never before heard Adam Schiff tape and then also Senator Mike Rounds. Um, people had questions about why, what was the term they used 19 times in Schumer's, uh, UAP bill, non-human intelligence, non human intelligence. Yeah. So we have one of Schumer's co-authors, Senator Mike rounds explaining why they use the term non-human intelligence, which to give a tease on it, he says does encompass AI. That's awesome. That's very, very cool. Well, I'm going to definitely try and tune in myself to that. Make sure you check out the website again, askapoll.com. You'll be able to see all the details about joining that Discord channel and the live chat tonight. Matt, thank you again for your time. Get out there into the field. Get some more audio for all of us because we're, we're lapping it up, man. We really do appreciate it. 
I take orders. Yes, sir. <laughs> Very good. Matt, thanks again. And thank you all <laughs> thank for you. listening and watching. This is John Greenwald Jr. signing off, and we'll see you next time.